This is Huck Jr., the host of In the Hut. And you listen to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling all the time. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 54 wieners. But listen, Lavernius, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. Five after, it's top men with a second hour, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining me. Second hour, of course, if you missed the first hour, you missed Tom Geller talking about uh, competition cooking classes. You also missed uh, Scott Roberts' review, Sauce and Rub. Currently, uh, Draper's Barbecue giving away uh, a discount on Rub, from what I understand here in the instant message room. Take advantage of it. It's not often you get the manufacturer right there in the uh, in the house. Giving it up like a good girl should. No, no, you don't. <laughs> All right. All right. Try this again. The hell is going on over here? Jeez, Louise. Technical nightmares going all over the crazy. All right. Uh, let me do some email here first. And then we'll get to uh, Tim Bryan. Tim Bryan from Greenleaf Barbecue going to be joining us here. In uh, just a few minutes. Look, I don't know if you knew about this or not. Friend of the show, Jason Day from the Barbecue Addicts. Perhaps you've uh, heard of their little invention called uh, the Bacon Explosion. You ever heard of the Bacon Explosion? Uh, Dateline. Hold on a second. Let me get this right. Dateline, March 22nd, 2011. Jason Day and Aaron Cronister, authors of Barbecue Makes Everything Better, published by Scribner, were awarded Best Barbecue Cookbook in the State? Uh-oh. No. Best Barbecue Cookbook in the Country? Uh-oh. No. Best Barbecue Cookbook in the World, baby! Holy mo- During the 16th Annual Gourmand World Cookbook Awards held at the historical Something in France that I don't know how to say. March 3rd, 2011, so just a couple weeks ago. Jason Day traveled out to Paris to represent the duo amongst some of the biggest international culinary stars nominated for the awards. And during the prestigious ceremony, it was revealed that Barbecue Makes Everything Better had indeed clinched that top honor spot. Barbecue Makes uh, Best Barbecue Cookbook in the World. And uh, Jason was called to the stage to accept the award. He thanked the publisher for taking a chance on a couple of blog. I mean, really, if you think about it, when you look back to where uh, Barbecue Addicts started, 
that was their creation was taking a fatty and putting like eight pounds of bacon around it and making the bacon explosion. And they had started out by saying, look, we're going to do this website. Take a picture of a bacon explosion. Here's the recipe and go ahead and send us the pictures. And it just went like wildfire across the Internet. And I remember seeing it here on my local Channel 3 at some point uh, during the turn of the year, which was probably now three years ago or maybe two years ago. Uh, But more than 1,200 publishers, authors, chefs, and journalists, foodies, spectators watched these awards and gathered for a champagne toast in the Great Hall of the Theater following the ceremony. Twelve countries were up for barbecue category honor with top four finalists hailing from Colombia because uh, they're known for their barbecue prowess. Uh, Sweden because they're known for hot chicks. Switzerland, because uh, everything is very good with uh, chocolate. And the U.S., barbecue makes everything better, joins two previous U.S. winners, as well as a past winner from Belgium, South Africa, New Zealand, Finland, France, Germany, and the U.K. So, uh, Jason Day, friend of the show. Aaron Cronister, friend of the show. Congratulations. Huge. That's huge, right? I mean, the, the, the best cookbook, barbecue cookbook in the world. I don't know. Uh, to me, that's pretty astounding. I don't remember hearing best barbecue internet radio program up for nomination. I don't know. Uh, so there you go for that. Where's the other one I was looking at? Uh, oh, Kevin Sandridge giving me a question. He's uh, contacted some of the preeminent bloggers out there. Uh, asking a single question. So he's looking for me to give him an answer. What would you do differently if you had to buy your first barbecue smoker setup again for the very first time? Thank you, Kevin. First of all, I am humbled that you would even want to have uh, my answer to this. And look, and the question is simple here. Well, I'm, <clears throat> the answer is simple here. What would I do if I had to do it all over again? Uh, I wouldn't do anything different because luckily, luckily, I was given some very, very sage advice from a KG barbecue veteran. And really, if we look back at the history, dare I say, the annals of this show, the one guy in my mind that comes right to the forefront as to how this whole thing has culminated into what it is now Uh getting me actually into barbecue because there was a time when I never, never, uh, no, syllabud, not anals, annals, <laughs> perv. Um, uh, there was a time when I never even knew like barbecue, what, it, what the difference was or anything or how to cook it. Or I was just into grilling. I had cooked through the uh, back of one of my Kenmore grills and was in the market for a new one, and I was going to buy a huge, like, $1,200 Kenmore. No, not Kenmore. What was the name of that? Gen Air, right? And it had the uh, big infrared burner and all this stuff. This was, like, five years ago, whatever it was. And I just so happened to call my cousin, Glenn Rempe, who I credit with all of my success. Glenn, we share. I, I want to share this with you. And he said, look, why don't you get a smoker, and you can also get a, a good grill, too, and... and you might actually be saving yourself money in the long run. Plus, it'll open you up to this whole new way of cooking, this barbecue. I was like, what the hell is that? And he explained it. He was a, uh, probably still is a barbecue caterer to some degree, but he was doing that uh, for quite a while. 
and really gave me a introduction into barbecue. And look what it spawned. I started my own freaking uh, internet forum and message bulletin board. I started podcasting. Here we are talking about uh, whatever you call it. Live internet radio about freaking barbecue and you people listen. There's 75 people connected well, 75 computers. Who knows how many people connected to the show right now at 10, 12 Eastern Standard Time. Look what he has spawned. My cousin, Glenn Rempe. Outstanding, Glenn. Thank you very much, buddy. So that's what we're talking about. So what would I do? I would do nothing because he told me to go out and get a Weber Smoky Mountain, the most solid, consistent, and trustworthy cooker out there. If I would have gotten a char griller, I probably would have eaten the business end of a Glock 26. But no. I got a Weber Smoky Mountain. I The only thing I would have changed was thrown the direction book out, sir. But I found the virtualweberbullet.com website, got a lot of great information, met a lot of great people on there, and has really been kind of off and running ever since that very first cook and have been able to hone my skills, at least in the backyard, which is really all where I care to be. And it's turned out great ever since. So would I change anything? No. Would I buy a different cooker? No. Do I still have the original Weber Smoky Mountain that I got five years ago? Yes. Have I gotten another one? Yes. And I have other cookers too. And I've had uh, wood burners and stick burners and all that other stuff. But when it comes right down to it, in my most humblest of opinions, for backyard people that don't have a billion people that they're going to need to feed on a regular basis... A Weber Smoky Mountain is really one of the best cookers all around that you can possibly get. So, Kevin, hopefully that answers your question, and I'll go ahead and write that too. But it's really hard for me to write because I have a tough time reading as it is. All right, let's do this thing. Let's call out to the West Coast where it's uh, just after rush hour, and we'll go ahead and race over to the hotline. And uh, we will pick up the proprietor proprietor of Greenleaf Barbecue. His name is uh, Tim Bryan, by the way, and we'll welcome him in here to the show. He's a prize supporter of the show. Tim, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you, Greg? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Tim. Thanks for asking, and I appreciate you taking time out to talk to me uh, here this evening. Lots to talk about with you, Tim. You, of course, widely recognized here, at least on the show, as one of the uh, longtime prize sponsors of the show, Greenleaf Barbecue, the wine-infused Oakwood product. So I guess we have to start there uh, as, as we get your history. Wine-infused Oakwood, where does the idea come from? Are you a, a wino, uh, perhaps a, I should say a, a, a guy who likes wine versus wino? That could conjure up some very bad images of people on the side of the road underneath bridges and tents. But where does a wine-infused Oakwood come from? Yeah, wine-infused oak comes from wineries that have stopped making wine in, in oak barrels but still need to impart that oak flavor to their wine when they begin using stainless steel tanks. So they they put a lot of wood, actually oak wood, inside these stainless steel tanks. Thousands and thousands of gallons of wine sit in these tanks. And so does the oak for two to three years, and it sits in those tanks and soaks up all the wine and takes on all the goodness. So they're not barrel staves. They're not wine barrels at all. It's just oak wood slats and different pieces of different sizes that uh, that have been soaked for a long time. And, of course, as soon as they ignite, that flavor just comes pouring out the chimney. So something you just smell the difference. Something you just thought of on your own? Or, I mean, how do you get introduced to it? You know, kind of funny. A banker walked in, and I always get nervous when those guys walk in the shop. Uh, and uh, 
he said, hey, have you ever heard of this stuff called uh, Oakwood that's been in a, at, at a winery? And I said, uh, no, never have. And um, he gave me the guy's address, and, and I went and tried a little, started cooking with it, doing some you know basic tests. And every result after the uh, one after the next was you know reasonably positive, and and we went uh, took it one step at a time, began picking up some of these some of this uh, oak, buying it from wineries after they're done with it, uh, stabilizing it so it so it doesn't mold, drying it so it's ready to package. We have a processing facility actually now that we we use for this stuff, and then we ship it out to as many people who are interested in it. So it's very new, very fledgling, but. Uh, but growing. So how did you get it to market initially? Is it all word of mouth or did you approach people to carry it? Word of mouth, social media. I mean, when it, Facebook, Twitter, uh, a blog, a little bit, sent out samples to different competitive teams, uh, approach teams to see if they'd want to use the product as part of their process to see if it would enhance maybe what their turn-ins would be. Um, just tried to get people to write about it, you know, good or bad. And, uh, Actually, I've had some really good response from bloggers um, and cooks and chefs and so forth. Actually, Dr. Barbecue has uh, has a handful of it that he really enjoys using. So it, uh, from one step to the next, it's uh, begun to grow it itself. It's, it's a really rare product. I think it's only available in certain winemaking regions, and those winemaking regions typically are the industrial regions making wine, where they make a lot of wine at once, you know, the Napa's. Uh, the Central Valleys of California and so forth. So it's a regional thing that uh, is unique to the barbecue for certain, but also to the winemaking process. You're not in any danger of potentially losing your uh, your source for this, are you, over time? No, I don't think so. Uh, we've we've got contracts signed. It's not not easy to find. Not everybody uses it. So you've got to sort of, you know, look and see, you know, what the process is. You could uh, ask a few questions. A lot of wineries aren't aren't forthcoming to say that they, they use this product. Many wineries want you to continue believing that they make wine in the the wine barrel and, and then the you know the old ways of doing it when indeed it's a stainless steel tank and it's a chemical process. So it's not a it's not a secret that a lot of wineries are gonna let out, but indeed it's it's you know, it's there's enough out there to where we're gonna stay in supply. We've got a, a large warehouse full and and uh, ready to ship. Can you uh, like order custom Wine flavors, uh, like does the origin of the oak or and, and the grape involve matter? No, I don't think you can. Um, we've tried to do that, but what happens is it comes off certain wineries at different times of the year and different conditions, and by the time we get it stabilized, it comes right out of the wine tank. It's soaking wet, dripping with, say, a Zinfandel, and the first thing it wants to do is, is mildew and mold. So we have to take it back to our plant and stabilize it, and by the time you mix it in with umpteen other bags of wine, if we started to segment Merlot from Zin from Cabernet, but we'd be all we'd be all over the place. And honestly, I don't know if you can tell the difference in the aroma. Um, we're looking at some plank wood though that comes from some wine, uh, some white wines that could be interesting. So we'll see we'll see what we can do with those. Jury's still out. That may come to market next year. Tim Bryan joining us, Greenleaf barbecue with the wine-infused Oakwood products. Uh, now, Tim, you also have a, a barbecue shop out there in California. Where are you exactly in California? We're about 30 minutes, 35 minutes east of San Francisco in a little town called Livermore. And it's, uh, yeah, just an East Bay town that uh, is real active. We've got great weather, sort of wine country itself. And uh, we do a lot of, I don't know, what do you want to call it? We do a lot of barbecue-related events just locally. 
we teach classes at the shop. It's a cool niche niche shop. We love the the world of barbecue and retail is probably the most fun to be in because the conversation is nonstop in the barbecue store. You know, to a lot of people out here, it's new. People in the Midwest and the South, this is this is old religion to them. To here, it's it's just people seeing the people seeing the truth for the first time, and they're amazed at what you can do and how you can do it and how to prepare things. And so it's uh, yeah, we're having a great time out here during it's on the retail side of things as well. What do you take in inventory as far as uh, on the retail side of the store? In terms of what are you carrying? It, Oh, Mac grills, Big Green Egg is our specialty, Green Mountain grills, um, and then a lot of the rubs and spices that we can uh, we can find on the competition from the competition trail that don't uh, care that don't have MSG. That's that's what we uh, focus on at Greenleaf Barbecue is an all natural product line in terms of uh, consumables, whether it's a sauce, a spice, an herb, whatever. It's all it's got to be all natural. So that limits us to some extent, but also endears us to people that know they can walk in the shop and realize that. You know everything we've got there is uh is all natural and uh, yeah and tastes good at the same time. All right, so somebody who has experience with the uh, the big green egg cookers, I've had a few other people on that kind of are considered experts, but you have your hands on them probably uh, more on a, on a daily basis than most folks. What do you really like about the cookers? You obviously liked them enough to carry them as a line in the store to make money off of. So, in your opinion, give me some of the the highlights of the cooker itself. Why somebody would want to consider making a purchase of their own. Yeah, for me, it's when you're done tending fire, when you're done, uh, when you're tired of having to, to, to deal with temperatures that rise and fall almost at will. The Big Green Egg solves that with thermal efficiency. The ceramics are amazing. Once it absorbs heat, it retains it and radiates it evenly throughout the cook. Small adjustments maintain level temps. Uh, small amounts of fuel, very small amounts of fuel, comparatively speaking, for long burn times. Uh, especially when it comes to barbecue. It's not uncommon to do a whole brisket and have plenty of fuel left over to throw a butt on if you wanted to on a large egg. Uh, yeah, I think those two elements right there are the biggest sellers. The, the negatives, of course, are they're heavier than heck and uh, and not too easy to move around. But you, but get you can get over that if you just... You just got to buy two of them, Greg. Then yeah. you got plenty of space. Yeah, or yeah. three. I always say uh, multiple cookers are uh, the way to go. You get any pushback initially from people that are maybe new or looking for a new unit, maybe they've come out of kind of a, a piece of crap cooker, uh, grill, charcoal grill, whatever the case may be, and then they see that uh, price on the on the big green egg. Is it a little sticker shock for them, or is that something that you can easily overcome? You know, when they're when their mouths open because they're they're so afraid at the price that I just quoted them, I usually put a sample of pulled pork in there, and it <laughs> uh, usually eases their pain. So, uh, so no, the sticker shock is usually something they're they're expecting because they've already cheaped out and gone with something of lesser quality. So they're expecting to pay for it. And uh, at the same time, it's education. You know, they want to see the difference and not just be told about it. They want to come to a store where they can cook on it. Um, one of the ways we, we help our clients, customers, and friends sort of become familiar with the egg is we we host an open pit night at the store every uh, the first and third Thursday nights. And we go for, oh, three or four hours. People bring all their own pre-season meats or raw meats and they can cook them on whatever cooker we've got at the store. All of our spices, rubs, and sauces are available for free sample. Um, they can test drive anything they want at the shop for basically a $5 cover. So anyone who comes in the shop says, I want an egg, well, why don't you come back Thursday, bring a pair, bring some bring some steaks, and uh, we'll season them up, and you can taste the difference right there. Oftentimes, it's not a sales pitch. It's just showing them, 
showing them the difference. How, what kind of a turnout are you getting for that kind of a Thursday night deal? You know, 10 to 15 couples, usually couples. There's two wine tasting rooms adjacent to our shop. We're kind of in a little courtyard area, so it's a nice place to gather and hang out. Weather typically is pretty good. We're raining raining today, late to a late sort of start to spring, but weather's good. And 10, 15, you know, if we put a band out there, we might get 25. Well, it sounds like a fantastic idea to be able to actually use a cooker uh, before you actually go out and buy it and really get that. As you said, dude, kind of the proof is in the pudding. You get to use it for the very first time and, and see what kind of a master that you can uh, truly become. In your opinion, how easy is it to use a big green egg for somebody that might be coming from uh, like a liquid propane type cooker? I, I tell everyone to allow themselves five cooks. So I'll teach you a first fire class. Before they walk out of the store, they'll have instruction on how to get the fire lit and make the first air adjustments or and, and hit a couple of common temperature stops. And so they get home, and they're not starting from scratch. They have a real fundamental knowledge of what, what to do to get started. But then five cooks in is what I always ask people to reserve judgment. And then after five cooks, call me with your problems. And usually they call me telling me they're happy, they're excited, and where can they get some more accessories. So it's not about sale, selling anything for me. I'm a horrible salesperson. I just chit-chat. Uh, lucky enough to uh, have the gift for gab i guess greg and 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 we try to carry products that we don't have to apologize for and big grenade is one of them tim bryan joining us here from greenleaf barbecue out there in the uh, san francisco area uh, tim one of the other product lines that you mentioned was the mac grill uh, that's kind of mm-hmm. new to the pellet grill market obviously traeger had uh, quite a stranglehold on that whole market for years and years but uh, since that patent kind of fell by the wayside, other big players getting into the game all seem to be kind of based out of that Oregon area of the world, the uh, number of big manufacturers out there now. What do you like about the Mac? Why decide to take that one on? First and foremost, it's a handmade grill. Uh, this thing is made in Oregon, how Traegers used to be made, one at a time with care. I, I assemble these grills for most of my customers that buy them, and i got to tell you, every single little bolt hole lines up with the threads. Every single door opens and articulates how it's supposed to. There's no rattling. The rivets are solid. The powder coating is even in and out. It's, you know, it's one of those products that once you see them, you'll say, wow, that's worth the money. It seems like every aspect of the product has been well considered. It's not something that they've made a compromise. Well, we're trying to save it all, or so let's put a cheaper this or a cheaper that. Mac really pulled out the stops and uh, from the pellet boss all the way through the, the way that the cookers laid out to the cold smoker side of the, the two-star general is, a really solid cooker, especially for the backyard guy who leaves it parked in one corner of the yard. It's just a, such a solid, versatile cooker. How many different uh, models are you offering out there? Models, there's a there's one star and the two star are the primary models, and then they're pioneering a three and a four uh, up to a built-in models for, for the backyard guy who wants to stick it in, the, in an island or something like that. So. Right. Those guys are definitely on the cutting edge. They just—I think they were awarded some crazy uh, barbecue award at the uh, HPBA show. That uh, first place in this and that, a couple of different—you uh, w- know, really, really high-end awards for, for a great product award or something like that. So I probably should be more familiar. Bruce Bjorkman's going to listen to this and say, <laughs> "What the heck? We went over this." That's right. Uh, now, yeah. uh, when you look at the Mac grill. And I've had Bruce on the show before talking about it because obviously he was uh, well entrenched with Traeger there for a number of years as well. Uh, this yeah. cooker is something that does uh, the the slow, uh, true low and slow barbecue, but then can also fire up and, and give you quite a sear on steaks and and more of the the typical grill style meats. 
I think so. They've actually got done the drip pan that some pellet cookers, uh, what you're familiar with if you if you if you know pellet cookers, is actually heavy steel, heavy stainless. On the left side of it is some uh, like a perforation lines where the flames can actually come up through the holes. And it has a cover. You can stick over them if you want to go indirect altogether. You can remove it. And it does sear pretty well on about half, uh, maybe a third of the grill space on a two-star general is a, is a sear zone. How well do you like it? Is, I mean, would you rather have that one than a big green egg? Or, I mean, are we picking nits here? No, for me, I'm a, I'm a charcoal guy. I, I started out in Santa Maria Barbecue, so I like live fire, whether it's wood or charcoal. Uh, the pellet thing, I understand it. I really like it for its convenience. Um, I'm still, I'm still getting used to the electronics of all of it and and how it works. And if you know, needing to plug in a grill to me is still a little bit foreign, but I'm working on it. I love the, I love the functionality, being able to to slow smoke, to grill, you know, up to 500, 550 degrees, which is on the cusp of grilling. And then probably the best feature is that cold smoker. You can get that thing at 100 degrees and do salmon and cheeses and nuts and and again, for the guy who's trying to elevate his barbecue to sort of a culinary level, those are all super features that one appliance can do. Typically, you need a couple of appliances. So I like it. But, you know, to answer your question directly, I'm a charcoal live fire guy. I mean, in my heart of hearts, we, when we run out and compete, we use eggs. And uh, that's we, we, I guess we still bleed green blood. Uh, Tim, one thing that I wanted to ask you about pellet grills, and when I've asked some of the manufacturers before, I've either, I guess, uh, omitted it on accident just because I've run out of time or whatever the case may be, but since I have somebody that's actually selling them here in the store that they have, mm-hmm. is this something that you have to take care with when you're outside? And what I mean is, let's say you happen to be out here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, and it snows or is raining 360 days out of the year. Do you have to be undercover? Do you have to stand over it with an umbrella? I mean, you have to plug it in. There's electricity. Electricity and water seem to not go together very well. What are the care uh, things that you really need to take into account so you're not lighting yourself up? You know, I, I honestly, if, if aesthetics are not something that's, you know, of, of preeminent importance to you in the, in the wet and rainy seasons, uh, then I don't think you need a cover on the Mac grill or the Green Mountain. The powder coating is really good, the Mac especially, really, really good powder coating. Everything else is stainless steel. Uh, the electronics are all shielded, both underneath the cooker and, uh, and, and even if it were to rain directly down, nothing really rains or snows on the electronics. It's sort of tucked in and underneath, just in an ergonomics type, type of way. The only interface that you have to be concerned about, I think, is the plug. So if you did plug it in, you know, you'd want to put a bubble over it on the side of your house or, or, or make sure that that's not in the rain, obviously. And you want to keep the pellets dry, I would imagine. You know, and that, honestly, we, we just did a home show here, and it rained for three of the four days that we had our home show. And uh, the pellets never got, never got wet inside the hopper box, not even, a, not even slightly swollen. It was just a really dry environment. Hmm. All right, so that's yeah. uh, the, the Mac grill. I mean, I've seen them, and I've had a couple other experts on to talk about them, but they really seem to be kind of the top-of-the-line pellet grill that's out there right now. I think so. And, again, my experience is somewhat limited with pellet grill. We started with Traeger as a dealer about five years ago and moved on to Green Mountain, knowing that we'd want to move into a Fast Eddy or a Mac or, you know, an upper echelon grill. And, and after looking at the Fast Eddy and then uh, looking at the Mac, I, I decided on Mac. I, I like the fact they're West Coast like I am. Uh, I like the fact I can call Bruce. I think he's a great guy, promotes the grill well, and customer service is second to none, which, 
if you're going to drop two grand on a grill, you better have good customer service. No doubt about so that's, it. Uh, that's why we went Mac. Yep. Tim Bryan joining us here. Greenleaf uh, Barbecue, the wine-infused Oakwood products uh, that we give away here each and every week on the Barbecue Central Radio Show, talking about uh, all sorts of good things here. You know, Tim, one of the things that at least resonates with me when we talk about West Coast and barbecue is Santa Maria-style cooking. That, of course, leads right to tri-tip, leads to the, uh, the, the red oak for fire and smoke flavor. Kind of for the people, I guess, that might be on the periphery of what that's all about, give us a little uh, background on Santa Maria-style barbecue, how that kind of differs from what we might recognize it more traditionally as. Well, I I think Santa Maria-style barbecue typically does not use a lid, so your cooker has no cover. And uh, that's, I think, the biggest practical issue. Beyond that, you're still burning sticks, maybe a different kind of stick, but it's still a stick. You still set up the fire similar you know, indirect, direct, banked, whatever you want to do with it. Uh, you know, typically the grill can be elevated, but the style of cooking is very, you know, it started with, uh, I don't know, almost peasant-style cooking back at the ranch houses here in California and Mexico where people would use the local oak trees. That's about the only tree out here in California, you know, be- between uh, the coast and, uh, and say, the Sierras in Tahoe area that predominates. So you can get oak wood up and down the central coast reliably. So I think that's where the fuel source came from. And uh, it's typically live fire over coals. The aroma and the smoke to Californians at least is just, I don't know, it's a, it, it's just an attractive smell that people just flock towards. So no different than any other barbecue in any other type of the area. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's raw meats typically. Tri-tip is one. The sirloin block steak is another. Uh, half chickens, is another another common Santa Maria style barbecue offering. You know, we'll always have a pot of red beans on the side of the side of the cooker, kind of simmering. What about these uh, uh, pin, pinquito beans that I hear about? Yeah, that's what we call the red beans, the pinquito beans, okay. pinquito beans. Um, how do you know when? Uh, how do you know when you've cooked those right? Because I got a bag from somebody out in uh, Lampo, California, once. And yeah. I'd never cooked these before, so I didn't know if I had screwed them up or not. But they seemed to be kind of soupy, and I cooked them yeah. with the top off and let them kind of thicken up. And I think maybe I did that wrong. Yeah, they are kind of runny compared to, like, a baked bean. <laughs> right. They definitely are more runny than that. Uh, maybe they're not even as sweet. It's much more of a, I don't know, savory flavor, for lack of a better term. Typically served with a big hunk of garlic bread. Like a San Francisco French type bread with some with butter and and garlic salt on it. Sounds something uh, delicious to me. It's pretty good, I gotta say. Of course, I'm incredibly biased. So now the tri tip that you mentioned, uh, and a lot of people don't really have access, at least where I am, uh, probably more north north coast and probably even uh, you know east coast in general as far as the seaboard is concerned. Um, how do you how do you get your hands on a, a tri tip to even test it out? What kind of a meat would you compare it to? Well, it's it's it's, it's tastes similar to a sirloin steak, so it's really beefy. It's got a reasonable amount of fat and marbling to it, but uh, it's it's more of a roast. It's not a it's not a slice of a muscle. It's an entire muscle itself, and it's shaped like a triangle, as you're probably aware. I I don't know how you go about finding it. I. I was back in Maine. My fiance grew up back there. We're we're back visiting, so of course I go on the tri-tip hunt when we get back there. And all I can find is steak tips. And I don't know what these steak tips are, what they come from, or whatever. But 
They're not tri tip. And uh, I I don't know if I have good advice on sleuthing out some some tri tip. So if you find it, I mean, what's the best way to cook it? What's the best way to slice it, serve it, all that good stuff? Well, you'll notice the first thing you see with the tri tip is the grain once runs one one specific direction, and uh, so, so you want to make sure that when you slice it, you slice against the grain. But in terms of seasoning it, it's a garlic, salt, pepper, and maybe some rosemary, garlic, herb, butter to finish it with. Slice it like you would a brisket against the grain. And uh, a lot of people go crazy with, with uh, slow smoking it, 250 degrees for a long time. But out here, we we cook at 300, 350 degrees indirect for an hour and 15 minutes or so till it swells up nice and plump and let it rest in a cooler for 20, 30 minutes, and then slice it. Just keep it simple. Nothing really, nothing complex about it. Is it a sandwich meat for you, or is it just slices that, uh, you know, sit along with other side dishes? No, it's a sandwich meat as well as that. You can go either way. There's caterers out here that will slice it thin, counter the grain, and put it in some sourdough roll with a little barbecue sauce maybe and some garlic butter. And uh, call it a tri-tip sandwich, which is honestly what probably one of the most ubiquitous sandwiches out in the public gathering, like a farmer's market, is a tri-tip sandwich. Hmm. But it also goes on the plate with you know rice or veggies at dinner without the without the roll. Man, it sounds like a very versatile meat that a lot of people, at least out here, can't get their hands on at least as readily available as it out there on the West Coast, but it just kind of goes to show uh, region to region how different and uh, varied the meats are. We're talking with Tim Bryan from uh, Greenleaf Barbecue. Uh, Tim, what else do you have going on in the store you'd like to promote while we have you on here? Oh, gosh. Uh, we're pioneering some cooking classes that are going to move beyond the store. We're actually going to try to promote uh, a good friend of mine, John Ruloff, which is out here on the West Coast egg egg lifestyle, I guess egg nation. And I and Carrie are going to try to uh, go on the road with some of these classes. And the classes aren't competition-based. They're more culinary-based, where we take different elements of what you know, would break the back of the backyard of cooking and do the whole meal out on a couple of cookers. What's the uh, potential turnout for that, do you think? You know, if we visit the commercial locations and wineries and businesses and stuff, it could be pretty good. Uh, we're pioneering it. We're doing local classes at the store now, which have had great response, but we think we're going to take it on the road a little bit. Did I read that you were getting into making your own beer? <laughs> See, that was supposed to be a secret, Greg, and now it's now it's uh, gone a little bit public. Well, you, you put it out on Twitter, man. You can't get it back. When, that's a loaded gun. So next door to the barbecue shop was a tasting room, a wine tasting room, and the guy went out of business, leaving a bar and a fridge and what naturally occurred to me is a place I should have some beer. So we're, we went ahead and leased the spot next door to the barbecue shop, and we're going to start pouring craft, uh, like, cask-aged beers on draft. So it should be a pretty good pairing, barbecue and beer. Yeah, uh, always a great pairing. Uh, when is that going to be up and running? I'm shooting for mid-July. We're in the permit stage now dealing with the alcohol licenses and so forth, but yeah, it should be July, something like that. Wow. All right. Well, I'll be looking for my first-class ticket out there to uh, help open the show, <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, we're talking with Tim Bryan. Hey, if, you're up for a re- if you're up for a remote, that would be a great thing. Oh, yeah, man. That would be, uh, believe me, the first place I would go would be uh, outside of Cleveland and heading due west, uh, no doubt, till I get to the water, uh, to some type of coast. Uh, this is Tim Bryan from Greenleaf Barbecue. Tim, do you have a website people can visit? 
We do. Uh, it's greenleafbbq.com. And you can find us on Facebook, Greenleaf Barbecue, Gourmet Barbecue Products. And Twitter, we're out there too under the same handle. Any uh, any 800 number or phone number people can t- contact you with? I should give you Carrie's cell phone number, actually. But uh, no, no, <laughs> no 800 number. Just call the shop. The website's got all the contact information on there. All right, and that's greenleafbbq.com. So uh, check my man Tim Bryan out. And again, Tim, uh, I certainly appreciate all the prize sponsorship that you have given the show with the wine-infused Oakwood products. Uh, continued success. We'll have you on again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Have a great night. All right, Tim, you too. There he is, Tim Bryan, greenleafbbq.com. Let's see. Me, San Francisco, beer, barbecue, Bedata Gyps. Can I sign up for that? Anybody want to make a roadie with me out to uh, San Francisco and do a live remote from Green Leaf Barbecues? Anybody want to come with me? Come on. Who's aboard? Come on, everybody. Let's do it. You've won a prize package to go see Tim Bryan and Green Leaf Barbecue, ladies and gentlemen. Run, running. All right. So uh, let's get our ducks in a row. Let's go all buy our tickets together, and we will make a trip due west to Greenleaf Barbecue, or we can eat tri-tip sandwiches until we throw up. And then once we've cleaned the vomit off of our faces, we'll go right next door and drink craft beer and casks until we throw up again, because that's what Centralites <laughs> love to do. Get drink and throw up. All right, yeah, I, I love me. Oh, by the way, I mean, we would be right in more or less the heart, kind of, of a wine country. So we could make like a, a, a day at Napa. We could come back and have a couple days of a barbecue and craft beer. All the while, we are uh, broadcasting live on remote. Oh, man, it would be great. All right, somebody uh, make that happen. I'll get the uh, Barbecue Central G5 ready to go. And uh, we'll make that trip happen sooner than later. All right. Uh, Got some prizes to give away tonight. So if you just want to call in and uh, commandeer something, we have Cosmos Q. We have El Capitan. We have Frog Bats. We have Green Leaf Barbecue Stuff. So if you want to call in, 800, no, 877-448-0433. 877 You can call in and claim a prize. Don't forget, I'm 45 seconds ahead of you. So if you're calling in to grab a prize, there might be somebody in just a few seconds before you and might have taken your prize. So stay tuned for that. All right, we'll go to 812 area code, name and where you're calling from. Keith Helming, Fernand, Indiana. How you doing tonight, Keith? Great. All right, uh, we got some prizes to give away. Is there anyone that you heard of that you would like? I want to try the wine-infused oak. All right, the Greenleaf wine-infused oak. What's all you need to do is send me your shipping information, uh, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and we'll get you hooked up. All right, thanks, Greg. All right, thanks for calling in tonight. I appreciate it. We'll go to area code 423, naming where you're calling from. This is Howes calling from Tennessee. Hal, how are you tonight? Doing good, Greg. How you doing, man? Uh, very good. Thanks for uh, calling in tonight, Hal. Uh, we just gave away the Greenleaf Barbecue Wine-Infused Oakwood products, but we have uh, some frog mats. We have El Capitan Santa Maria-style barbecue seasoning. We also have Cosmos Q injections and rubs. I'm sorry, injections and soaks. Uh, what one would you like? 
Uh, let's add the Cosmos. Cosmos Q it is. Go ahead. Send me your shipping information. That's Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com, and we'll get that stuff right out to you. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate All right. It. Thanks for calling in tonight. Hell, it's like we're doing Tradio tonight. Uh, area code 516, name and where you're calling from. Hey, Greg. It's Don. How you doing? Don, the guy that used to win everything. I, I've been slacking back, haven't called in in a while. I appreciate it, but look, you've uh, surrounded me by a bunch of losers. They, they can't even figure yeah, out well, what the hell's you know, going on. Yeah, I, I thought about calling in. You know, you can't... Uh, I think the saying goes, they can't all be winners like uh, Don G. So, uh, Don, let me uh, ask you a question. We have El Capitan Santa Maria-style barbecue seasoning. We have a frog match left. Uh, have you had? You have both of those, right? Yes, I do. The Santa Maria is absolutely awesome. It's fantastic, I isn't actually it? Fa- I found a tri-tip recently. I was able to get it. Actually, believe it or not, my local grocer had it on the shelf. What? Yes, actually, my local uh, supermarket. Don't you live in New York all- State? A Long Island, New York. Oh, my Lord. New York City, even, almost. Ha- yeah. Had it on... No, no, not New York City. We're, we're near the water. We're not... Almost. I said almost. Yeah. But they actually had it sitting there on the shelf every once in a while. It's one store. There's one meat market. Can I say the name? Yes. Farmingdale Meat Market actually has it in stock. And, wow. uh, you know, always they, you know, you just go there, ask for it. They have it sitting right there. Well, that's outstanding. All right. Well, would you like, uh, would you like more or would you like a frog mat additionally? What, what can I do? Definitely, the Santa Maria stuff is, is the El Capitan rub is it was absolutely phenomenal. I've been using it on more than just tri tip. I've been using it on a lot of different things. It's it's got a great flavor. Yeah, it's got a great flavor. Almost like a it's almost like a great all purpose rub too. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, well, go ahead, send me your shipping information, Don uh, Greg at thebbqcentralshow dot com, and we'll get you another bottle rushed right out. Thanks, love it, great. All Have right, good night. Take care. There is Don Long Island. Lawn Guy Land, L-A-W-N-G-U-Y-L-A-N-D, Lawn Guy Land. I think that's how they say it. I'm allowed to make fun. I'm from upstate New York, where we always thought better of us selves. Uh, let's see. We have frog mats left. Anything else that I'm missing that I'm supposed to be giving away tonight? I don't think so. Uh, so if you want a frog mat, 877-448-0433. Remember with the frog mat, you got to have something that cooks indirectly. I know that seems like a stretch considering most of us are barbecue guys anyway, but you don't want to put it over direct heat. Sorry, no loof gliders. Loof gliders! <laughs> love the loof glider. Who didn't love the loof glider? We're working on, believe it or not, wait a second, breaking news. We are working. We. <laughs> that would be me. Let me try that again. Uh, breaking news. Breaking news. Reporting from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. From what I understand, the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame city, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Greg Rempe reporting. We are. We. I am working on a interview with a company called Snake River Farms that could be doing a Snake River Farms giveaway. What? Holy moly! They have like Kobe beef, and they're ruining the pork competition circuit with 
poor collars from what I understand, and they have other things like goat testicles, I think. Is it goat testicles? I forget. But uh, we are working on an interview with somebody from the company just to kind of bring us up to speed on what it's all doing out there at the Snake uh, Snake Valley River Farms of uh, Death and Destruction. And uh, even, but even more importantly than that, how they've kind of, I don't want to say they've taken over the brisket portion of competition barbecue, because I believe that the vast majority of competition cooks are still using not Wagyu beef, but certainly they have made a mark. They have a lot of great uh, marketing and promotion out there, so wanted to have them on to talk about what it's all about, what their Wagyu is all about, and the pork, and why their stuff seems to be doing so well, and did they ever think that they would get such a kinship following, uh, such a uh, niche popularity within the competition barbecue circuit. A lot of people are using a lot of top teams. We have top men here on the show, but a lot of top teams in the competition barbecue world using Snake River Farms as well. So free giveaways, and uh, I know everybody is pretty uh, pretty up and excited about that. So look for Snake River Farms coming in on a future show as well. Also working on the competition roundtables where I invite the top three teams that finish in each category, although I'm probably going to only use Mike Wozniak for one of the categories. I think he finished in the top three, uh, three out of the top four categories, so I don't want to overuse him. But this is uh, what we know. We love to do the competition barbecue, and then a couple months after that, probably more getting into the summer portion, we'll get into the backyard roundtables as well. Well, I have average Joes, average schmucks just like me and you talking about what we do in the backyard, sharing tips, tricks, and techniques, and it's always a fun and fabulous time. So look for that. All right, we're going to break out of this. That came on a little loud, I think. All right, thanks to my second-hour guest, Tim Bryan from Greenleaf Barbecue. You know, two of those Snake River Farms shipped to your door, $168. Yikes. I'm not sure if my math is correct, but four of those is like $758 billion. Tim Bryan from Greenleaf Barbecue joined me this hour. Greenleafbbq.com. Check it out. If you're out there and the San Francisco area. Check it out. You can use a Big Green Egg for free every Thursday. It would be awesome. Also, thanks to Tom Gellert from Educators talking about the Rod Gray cooking class, the Steve Farron cooking class, and the Rob Bagby cooking class. Uh, Two of the three winners of the, the respective barbecue sanctioning body team of the year contest. Steve Farron, a third place one year two years ago. And then Scott Roberts for doing the sauce and rub review. There you go. All right, we will be back next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And until then, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Good night now.